0: What's going on guys, so what did we talk about on this podcast? I had my boy Paulino Aspudo, I've known this dude for a shit 15 years. We talked about everything from Trump to the political climate that we're in now, we dove deep into the ancient civilizations, we even talked some paleo diet, paleo exercises, not paleo exercises, just paleo diet. So yeah man, it was fun, it's probably my longest podcast to date, I had a great time and I really really hope you guys enjoy it. See ya. Welcome to the podcast where my guests and I talk about anything and everything from sports, relationships, politics, movies to TV shows, current events, and conspiracy theories. No topic is ever off limits, and it's always uncensored. I'm Ben Borges, and this is Man Chatter. So what up, Pauly? What's going on, bro? Chilling chilling. So, uh, obviously, we were talking earlier in the week, you know, messages and text messages, talking about finally linking up for a podcast. So, I, you're always one of the people that I wanted to have on because every time we've had debates, it's always hard to have debates online, though, because I don't like texting that much. But you're right. always one of the people that always have a good conversation, and I feel like you, you know you know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? So, what, 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 what made you want to come on the podcast today, bro? Well...
1: Well, I'm a little bit nervous about being on the podcast because I always get myself in trouble with like Facebook debates and things like that because I tend to be a little bit of devil's advocate and a contrarian where I'll go the opposite way just to add like a different perspective to things, especially on social media and stuff like that because social media has become this huge echo chamber Mm -hmm. where people just align themselves with with a certain type of group where they agree with and anything that goes away from that narrative kind of just puts them into cognitive dissonance. Right. And they kind of start just lose it, you know. So what I try to do is just offer a completely off the wall, different perspective. And uh, I've always done it on Facebook. This is my first time doing it in a live forum, so I'm excited about yeah, it. Yeah, man. It's,
0: I feel always I always feel like it's a lot better because, like I said, like typing it out or you know going some crazy and just re- doing this whole response is, is difficult for me because sometimes my thoughts don't catch up fast enough with my fingers. So I feel like talking is a better is a better way to reply and respond to things. But yeah, like we like I said, we've always had got into those conversations and I told you I, I don't like people who just listen to yeah, like you said, the echo chamber. You know what I mean? Like just listen to their own opinions back to them. Because then that like I said, that separates us more and more. Where like if you're if you're far right or if you're far left, and if you're only listening to far right or far left, you're never gonna learn that there's other people. You know what I mean? Like other points of views, other like I feel like one of the, one of the things that's lacking now is is like empathy, right? Like the lack of understanding for other purpose, for another person's point of view. Just because they have a different point of view doesn't mean they hate you or they or this or that or they hate Trump or they don't hate Trump or they hate Hillary or love Hillary. You know and I mean, they just have a different point of view. Now, if, whether it's that's based in fact or ignorance, that's upon them. Yeah, what I'm saying, like that's not that's their their belief has to be. You have to realize what their what what their belief is coming from. Like if it's just spewing talking points from cnn or fox news or all this stuff like oh you're not an actual independent thinker like you're just spewing out those those points that were told to you that were like bird fed to you you know what i mean like a bomb like a mama bird feeds a baby bird it's just puked up in your mouth and you're just gonna regurgitate it right well yeah and i, and I
1: feel like it's a a product of the information age where we're still kind of getting accustomed to it you know i, I guess even a step before the information age would be um, mainstream media Mm-hmm. Where CNN, MSNBC was always like kind of liberal leaning. Hollywood has always been kind of liberal leaning, and then Fox News kind of came out to be kind of like counter culture, counter, um, you know, what the mainstream, and they are offered like a pers- uh, conservative kind of twist to things, and they went like off the rails with it, which is where they came up with this whole Fox F A U X News, you know, where they yeah. done the the um what's the name for the The documentary on it, and um, it's exposed kind of – so it makes Fox News look like it's fake news, but in reality, to me, it's all kind of fake news. What it does is that it caters to a certain demographic, Mm -hmm. and then they spoon feed the information to people. So all of a sudden, if you find something that you align with politically – like, let's say you're um, against abortion because you think it's uh, murder, right – They'll say, well, they'll put a bunch of abortion stuff out there. Yep. You make that connection. And then they, they put all these other things into your head where like, okay, because you're against abortion, that means you have to be an evangelical Christian. That means Christ is the only way to yep. salvation. That means that you have to be a fiscally conservative. That means you have to be all these type of things. So people then download all that. And then instead of becoming like, you know, the conservative liberal spectrum, it should be different for different topics. Everybody um, embodies that whole concept to become one individual based off of that. So I'll give you an example. I can make an argument that I feel like you're a conservative. And you'll say, no, no, I'm a liberal. But when I listen to your podcast, I've heard you say a bunch of times, no, no, because I wasn't raised that way. Right. You no, know, That's not the way I was raised. Right. And that's somebody that conserves their family values and their Absolutely. traditions. So when it comes to family, you could be a conservative person, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or I could challenge you in another way that I could say, sexually you won't be that liberal you know if your wife comes to you and says to you babe you know you're a liberal guy you know what would be really hot if you were like to make love to me and some guy would come in and then make love to you while you make love to me you're like whoa!" Oh, <laughs> yeah hello, yeah, oh, oh, oh. yeah, oh, yeah. hello, I'm not that liberal you know what yeah, I mean exactly so there's different topics where I could be fiscally conservative I could feel like hey the United States of America is spending way too much money on these social programs but I could be socially liberal where I right. could feel like, you know what, if gay people want to be gay, it's not really that big exactly. a deal. If a transgender wants to use the boys' bathroom, I really don't care. It doesn't affect my life. Mm-hmm. Or you could be the flip of it. You could be like, I feel like we're in a socially way too liberal world. Miley Cyrus is twerking on, on TV every five seconds. There's right. no substance into the information that we're taking in. Um, You know, like, uh, we're becoming basically Sodom and Gomorrah. And I feel like we've lost our way, but I could be, um, fiscally liberal, where I could say, you know what, I feel like we need to invest in education. I feel like we need to invest in healthcare. I feel like we need to invest in these type of programs. So, but people aren't making the differentiation between the different sections of their lives. They're just embodying. Okay, I'm a conservative, so that means that I need to uh, take all of these features and become all of these characteristics politically. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I got you. And I mean, you make you bring up a, a very great point. You can be conservatively liberal or liberally conservative, like, you can be those things, and to believe, because you're right, like, I can, I can, like like, I've said on my podcast, oh, I wasn't raised that way, or this or that, or I can say, yeah, I don't really care if gay people get their own bathrooms, or transgender, I don't care, but this and that, you can be both things, your views shouldn't align exactly to what a progressive, or a liberal, or whatever it is, says it is, because each person is an individual, you know what I mean, like, I can be on a joking way. I could be anti skinny jeans, but I could understand why people wear them. You know what I mean? Like, I, I you don't have to be one thing just because that's what you mostly like align yourself with. You know what I mean? Like I say, like okay, the Democrats, the Democrats are doing this is this is crazy what they're doing here, and the Republicans are doing okay. I kind of agree with them here. Like, you have to be open minded enough to understand that you're not just one. you don't view things just one way because you were raised a certain way. You were. Like, if you, you grew up in a two-parent household, there's a chance you grow up with with their similar views, but then you end up having different ones. But for 18 years, you had conservative views or really liberal views. And then you heard somebody, you went to a speech, and you're like, oh, man, I kind of agree with this person, too, that has diametrically opposed views. And that's okay. Like, it shouldn't make you question if you're actually liberal or if you're actually conservative because you're a human being. You're, you're, your opinions are going to change the more information you get. Right, like yeah. you have to have the ability to to change your to change your opinions once you get new information and new facts. You know what I mean. Oh, yeah, what, I, I, and you're completely right with what you're saying. I, I agree with you.
1: Yeah, and um, the reason why I think that is the information is so CNN and and the mainstream media kind of created that world where I would just go into something that I would gravitate to, and then I'm just constantly getting that reinforced, all my yeah. beliefs reinforced. Mm-hmm. And then the next layer that was thrown onto it was when the so social media aspect came about that now the information isn't just you're a receiver of it but it becomes interactive i could go into a forum and then i could you know i've been for 5 years listening to to cnn and i have one world view and i'm going to go into a forum and i'm just going to dump off everything that i can and you see it all the time it's always one person makes a point another person makes a counterpoint counterpoint and then once that person really can't counter it's an ad hominem attack right. oh you're stupid oh you're a bigot oh you're a racist oh yeah. You're a snowflake. Oh, you know, you're a social justice warrior. Yep. They hit you with a label to try to invalidate what you did. Yep. And that happened for so long that I feel like Donald Trump, um, and again, I'm not a Trump supporter, so I don't want to, because I don't want really to say things you get thrown into that label. I find myself supporting him a lot in the sense, like, if you say anything in favor of him, it's like they throw you into that basket. You're a Trump right. supporter. Right. But what I think Trump was kind of genius in, in, in figuring out is that he saw that before it kind of, happened a lot and instead of like what would happen is I would say um this is just a hypothetical in some I believe let's say I say okay um I think that uh black people should be more responsible with their community they have to um you know focus more on black on black violence instead of police killing black people or focus on abortion you know if you say black lives matter the number one killer of blacks is abortion in this world after that is heart disease nobody's talking about that because it's really fit in the
0: Right.
1: So I should say, okay, I need to, but then somebody throws it on and they say, you're racist. And then all of a sudden I back up and I'm like, yo, I'm not racist. I got black friends. How could I be racist? Then, I'm then black been, people. Yeah. All the time, right? That's what people would do. When you start into that back up, like that, yo, I'm not racist, you know, then all of a sudden, you're not arguing your points. You're not on your facts anymore. Now you're getting you're arguing the attack. Yeah, you're letting that hominid Abham, attack steer the conversation, True. which is what was killing the right wing and Republicans for a while in this country. That's why they were Especially when when they went the evangelical Christian route, that they would try to rationalize everything with the Bible, and then they get hit with this. And then it's like, well, if you're supposed to be a Christian and somebody's calling you racist, you're kind of mm-hmm. off of what you Knock them off the center. Trump, instead of, just like, balancing it, he would double down on it. You know, he would yeah. be like, um, the wall just got higher. Or right. he would say, I only said that about Rosie O'Donnell. Where now you put the onus back on the person that attacked you. Now it just made you realize how stupid their ad hominem attack was. Mm-hmm. And from a political maneuver, regardless of his politics, as a politician, especially that he's an outsider, I think what he's done is it, been probably the biggest political achievement of my lifetime yep. in the sense that you see he's completely outsider, mainly independently financed. He beat Hillary Clinton. He beat um, Barack Obama campaigning harder for Hillary Clinton probably than any other president, yep. saying that, you know, you got to do this to protect my legacy. He beat mainstream Hollywood. Everybody, if there was any type of notion that Hollywood had a liberal bias, that went out the window, because yep. you saw the celebrities were losing their shit. Um, yep. he beat the mainstream all, all of them media.
0: wanted to move away to leave to Canada and all that shit.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So you see that the mainstream media, um, they kind of exposed their political bias, and the way that he did that, I gotta give him credit for that. I can't take that away from him. Oh, no,
0: I, that's, that's where I, I completely agree with you. I think when I called it, I want to say, like last July, like right when Bernie got uh, DNC'd out of uh, of the run of the primary, and then it was Hillary and and uh, and Trump. I was like, "Yo, Trump's gonna win." Like I said that long, and not and not just because of all the points you made, but just on a, on a small scale, there was no there was no passion, there was no excitement there was nothing that Hillary said that was like, man, I want to vote for her. And that's, right. and I'm not even bringing up the, the Benghazi stuff and the emails,
1: like, none of that, none of the, none of her less... Her platforms uh, she, mattered. Yeah, she, not, she, not, she didn't really have a platform, and that's, that's what scared me about the Democrats going into the 2018 election, and maybe even Trump getting went, um reelected, is that the Democrats, they really don't have a platform. No, like, if you see don't. what they're doing right now, her, her whole thing was I have a vagina. Yep. Trump hates women. Trump yep. is a racist and people have already gotten tired of that whole argument. Absolutely. You know, um so besides that, what did she offer that was new? She people brought like, she
0: hey. brought nothing. She brought nothing to the table. Like she didn't she didn't bring in any new ideas. She didn't she was just going to follow whatever Barack Obama did to a certain extent, right? Like she wasn't she was going to she was going to be the status quo, which is why a lot of people voted for her was to keep it safe because a lot of people we know this are sheep right like they're just gonna follow what they've been told and what they've been spoon-fed which is fine like I, sometimes i wish i wasn't you know like as i say woke to, to the bullshit that's going on and really seeing it for what it is and educating myself but like at no point that was like if she's not i, I knew she was gonna lose like i could have called it i was surprised that she won the the popular vote because i didn't think she was that popular but that's when you bring in like california and New York is the you know what I mean? Like the really
1: liberal states. Well, but, I'm glad you brought up the popular vote. That's so that I can just that once and for Because that's the thing that liberals always hit me with when I say Donald Trump won the election. And they say, no, 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 look at the popular vote. And I'm like, I don't think you guys understand what you sound like when you say that. That's yeah. like if, for example, my wife, she's a she's a FSU alum, uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. Let's say I take her to a Hurricanes game. I'm a Hurricanes fan, right? Final score is 35-14 Hurricanes. Yeah. And she says, babe, we won the game. We, we, I'm like, what do you mean? Look at the score. She's like, no, 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 no. FSU got 400 yards and UM only got 120. Exactly. Said, yeah, but we blocked the kick, we're it for a touchdown. That's how it works.
0: Intercept. You know? Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. The, Ele- the Electoral College is set up for a reason. It's so that big cities cannot bully the entire country. Right. It's really to protect minorities if you think about it for like the smaller population. Now I understand the Democrats have, have sort of grabbed the baton if they're the voice of minorities and things like that which that I do disagree with as far as the results of what they've done. like they've given them 50 years and their minorities are pretty much all in the same thing. Yeah. Republicans are very bad at branding themselves towards minorities. So that's kind of
0: why. And they're even worse now though like you you, you can't like you can't go back now when Trump was so anti-minority during his during his campaign, right? Like, because I'm not... I wasn't one of those people that, like, well, I'm going to watch CNN and see what they have to say. Or I'm going to watch the Young Turks or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to actually watch his speeches. Like, I'm not going to give... I'm not going to watch the... Oh, what they thought Trump said with this line here or this line there, minting and parting his speech. Like, I saw his actual speeches. I was like, that's what... That's what fucked me up i was like yo this dude is because it a lot of what he did and, and is fight back against the whole social justice warrior feeding of it that you can't say whatever you want anymore and he said whatever he wanted so he gave power to those people who, who could say whatever they wanted right and that's where i feel like the left has gone a little crazy where you you can't fight back against everything you feel is an injustice because then to a point you're you're crying wolf you know what i mean if you fight back against everything then when something actually pisses you off You're going to be like, oh, it's just the left being stupid again. That's where I feel like they've lost their way. And the Democrats have lost their way because they don't have a platform. Mm -hmm. Just like the Republicans got lucky with Trump, you know what I mean, and spearheading them, they didn't have a platform either. Because let's be honest, if it was Trump, if it was anybody else against Hillary, Hillary wins. Because there's no, you know what I mean, if it was Hillary versus Cruz. Hillary, Rubio was embarrassing. Yo, I sent you that picture of the, when he gave that speech in, in Hialeah, and, like, nobody showed up. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> nobody? He had a whole stadium, and, like, 100 people showed up. But they don't, They didn't have a platform, really. They just wanted to keep the status quo. And Trump came in at the perfect time. It was the perfect storm for him. And I don't oh. I don't discredit his victory. I have a lot of issues with what he's done since he's president, but now my complaints are him as president. It's no longer a candidate, Trump. Like, I, I don't think he's the smartest person in the world because he's not. But he played the media and he played his political standing perfectly to win. Because there's yeah. more excitement. Even to this day, there's more excitement for Trump than anybody on the left. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, the thing is, the left, the left, and they sound like shit crazy. Like, if you look at what is the left, the left right now is this weird alliance between Antifa. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Antifa. Um, the Black Lives Matters and um, Muslims and it's like where's the commonality between that the yeah. gay population kind of went a lot towards Trump because Muslims and, and gays just do not mix well right. you know there is no assimilation in that right. so I don't know what their strategy is if I was them I would and Bernie Sanders to me he, he's the only one that's really brought kind of a platform to them but well, they're eating him alive though yeah they're eating if I was them I would get I, I don't remember her name but the lady that she's from Hawaii she sounds like when she gets on, she she's very presentable. Uh, uh, she doesn't have a back.
0: Damn it! I'm gonna have to look that one up. Go ahead. Yeah, she, Keep talking.
1: She, I would get behind her and push her forward because if not, you're gonna give it away to Trump again. Uh, she's
0: the, you, she was the, you're talking about the veteran, right? She was a veteran.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She's a Hawaii senator. I know. Yeah. God damn it.
1: I don't remember her name. But yeah, but she, she was she
0: was uh, she was running the campaign with uh, with Bernie. Mm-hmm. Who was, Who was it? Who was it? Who was it? Who was it? God damn it. But, yeah, like, that's that's the... But because Bernie's so radical to the left, right? Like, yeah. you can say what you want, like, go oh, free college tuition and all this stuff. And the issues that they have with him is what resonated with the base, the, the young people. Right? Because right. we're getting swallowed up with school loans. We're getting swallowed up with all this stuff. We stay at home longer. We don't get married. We have all these deficiencies because it was it was rigged against us right because the, the schools can keep raising the money however much they want and he wants to put a cap that that stuff that like now we can't do that we got to feed our corporations that, you know yeah. what i mean like we can't have what the fuck is her name i'm, I'm still fine. looking for her. yeah i'm absolutely still looking for it
1: yeah
0: but yeah man i don't like it was if it was now obviously we're playing hypothetical with this question and it's and it's a pointless question but i'm going to ask it anyway do you think bernie would have beat trump
1: um, I, I don't think so, because I think what made Trump really difficult to judge as a candidate is that there was a lot of hidden Trump voters where the polling, as you can see, was completely useless. And I don't think um, Bernie Sanders, another person that I think branded himself incorrectly, the United States of America will always, at least in our lifetime, maybe after time passes and people start to forget things, will always have a kind of bad stigma towards communism and socialism. And when he branded himself as a, a democratic socialist, right. I think that was wrong. What I think he should have said is that, which is what he really is, because he's not. a See, socialism is that the government owns the means of production. Right. Bernie Sanders has never, never advocated for the government to own the means of production. What Bernie Sanders is, is he's a social democrat, which is different. I right. know it sounds same, like I just turned the words around, but it's a different thing. Um, in a social democrat, you know, democracy is the voice of the people kind of to the popular vote mm-hmm. and for social programs. Now, do I agree with Bernie Sanders? Here's, here's another thing that comes with politics. There's a time, I feel like, which is another thing that gets lost. There's a time to be a conservative and a time to be a liberal, depending on what's going on in the world. Post, um, at the time, let's say, uh, of the of the New Deal, where they wanted to put all these social safety nets into place. World War II had had just finished. The entire world was in rubble. The United States of America comes out as the sole um, country without a single bomb dropped on it. Our industrial factories all in place. We start supplying to the entire world. There's this surplus of money. right? This is just simple economics. There's a surplus of money. We have no competition. We're basically a a monopoly as a country. And what's happened is that especially with NAFTA and with the TPP proposal, all this type of stuff with the free trade and the United States being so far behind in trade deficits. So the rest of the world has started to kind of catch up. And the United States of America has gotten itself into an extraordinary amount of debt. So I see it, I see everything on on a macro level, the same as I see it on a micro level. If me as a household, I'm drowning in debt, the last thing that I want to do is put more crazy amount of spending out there. So Bernie Sanders populist message is a very easy one to sell. It's like me coming home and telling, you know, kids like, Hey, we're going to go to Disney world today. You know, does anybody want to go to Disney? And then we're like, yeah, everybody's down and I'm the winner. Yeah. Now to be conservative is a lot harder to be a conservative. And I'm using the, the textbook definition of a conservative where you're withdrawing, play things safe or whatever, yeah. you know, a conservative has to come into the household and say, Hey babe, you know I'm I'm sorry, but gas prices has gone up. My commute to work costs more. We're gonna have to cut spending from here and here because we're making the same amount of money. So, you know, we're gonna have to let these things go. It's never gonna be popular to say, hey, we gotta get rid of meals on wheels. That's a very easy thing to to use as propaganda. Trump doesn't give a shit about kids. He doesn't want to feed kids. You understand? Yeah. when Mm -hmm. When you look at it from a financial perspective, you have to say we gotta make cuts here now. I'm talking from a conservative standpoint and I feel like Republicans for a long time have been a, a, a misrepresentation of conservative. Because if you're a fiscal conservative, then you're not gonna be cool with increasing the military spending to the levels that we have the military right, spending. The highest in the world. Yeah. You're not gonna be cool with, with bombing Syria for, for no reason, basically. None. You know, we're not gonna be cool with all these stupid proxy wars that we got going on that, that Barack Obama drew a drone strike the shit out of Yemen. Yeah. With strike Libya, all these countries, and then he dropped you know, he
0: dropped twenty two thousand bombs. But the way he the way he's portrayed is not tough in the Middle East. You know what I mean? Like it's all about branding. And he's
1: a Nobel Peace Prize winner. Exactly.
0: Which is weird that he got that like three months after his uh, initial election. I was like, how the? But so he won well, this for being black then? Like, I, I, you know what I'm saying? Like not to, but I'm saying like he didn't do anything at that point. Well, he, was, well, because, he was a young senator. He was a junior senator. Ran a hell of a campaign. Gave amazing speeches. Not taking it. But what the fuck did he win three months' into, Nobel Peace Prize?
1: For what? Well, I, think, I think because what, what he did was kind of symbolic. Because if you look at the United States of America, and, and that's what kind of has turned me off to the left. Because I consider myself to be a classical liberal you know, and, and the founding forefathers type of classical liberalism after John Loeb, you know, and all that type of um, the Enlightenment period. Right. So the, what's turned me off a lot about the left is how they found like very anti-American and stuff like that. But with, with that said, America, I believe still to this day, is probably the greatest country that's ever existed. Um, we've done a lot of great things, but America definitely has two stains on it. One is slavery, yep. you know, which is which is, of course, no no reasonable person, not even the white nationalists of today, not even the Richard Spencers are wanting to bring back slavery. And nobody, pretty, everybody, pretty much is in agree slavery sucks. And um, and then the Native Americans, the Native Americans, I don't hold it as bad against as I do slavery because number one, the Native Americans were mostly killed by smallpox disease. Yep. It's not like the Europeans were so much better in combat than they were. Definitely number two, not.
0: they they got lucky. They got the Europeans it, got lucky.
1: They got lucky. Number two, we portray the Native Americans like if they were like like Pocahontas in, in the cartoon, like they were just peaceful, living off of the land. Yeah, killing motherfuckers. Yeah, the Aztecs yeah, the, yeah. were sacrificing people to the gods. Yeah. The Mayans would sacrifice people to the gods. The Iroquois were five bands that were warring with yeah. other tribes, and then they made an alliance with the French to help out, you know, the French and Indian War. So was not like if it was just oh, we came here and took over these peaceful. Yeah, it wasn't. Businesses?
0: It wasn't cut and dry at all. It wasn't cut and dry
1: yeah. at all. <laughs> So that's why I don't understand the anti-American thing. But I know I'm kind of digressing, but to circle back to my original point is that what Barack Obama did by winning the election, I don't think it was as much as about Barack Obama as it was about the American society. Like, hey, here we are. We're going to put a, a black man as, as our leader. Like, racism is kind of dead. This is the same country that used to save blacks, and we're going to put him here. So in that regard, I, I understand where the Nobel Peace Prize comes from, and I understand um, celebrating Barack Obama just for that alone. I believe we have two presidents back-to-back that have created, um, you know, extraordinary political milestones. Yeah. in Barack Obama and Donald
0: Trump. I, I agree with that. I think, and I think what, what the problem, and not to argue, the, the, I guess argue the counterpoint, is what brought Barack Obama, what Barack Obama brought with him was the far right. You know what I mean? The people who disagreed with him just because he was Barack Obama. Like, not... Yeah. Not argue this points and it was it was to the point you made earlier, right? Like now you're just attacking me at hominem. Like that's just you're just attacking me because you want to. There's no there's no point to your argument. You're just saying, Oh, it's because he's black. You got representatives like by the way, I found the name uh, it was Tulsi Gabbard. The okay. and she's a congresswoman. She's a military yeah. service member, she has a bunch of medals. She should've she should have she would have been a great like vice president.
1: That's how they gotta put forward.
0: Yeah, that's how they gotta put forward. But again, she's too the left doesn't want that. The left wants to keep the status quo. I know I'm jumping up, but the left wants to keep the status quo. They don't want anybody to change the game. So I don't know who the fuck they're going to put up against against Trump in 2020. And it better not be Elizabeth Warren, man. Like It better not be, dude, because she's so status quo, it annoys me. Yes, she yeah. she, she fucking pontificates and all that stuff when she's attacking people during committees. But in reality, she's Hillary Clinton. You know what I mean? She's, she's in that same vein. She's never going to say anything real. So they, they better put somebody else forward, but I don't know what they're going to do. But back to the Barack Obama point is a lot of people you had like the next day after he was elected, you had Mitch McConnell saying, we're going to obstruct everything he does regardless. We're going to say no. Like that. when you come from a point of fuck you, you know what I mean? You're not going to come to the point like, oh, okay, maybe because your base is going with that, with that stance of fuck you. Don't give Barack Obama anything. Barack Obama wants to take away your guns. Barack, you know what I mean? Obamacare. The Republicans did a great job of branding against Barack Obama. I will not argue that ever because they made they made it this point where he's coming after you. Almost in a sense, if you want to go, the big black scary guy. You know what I mean? Where you yeah. have middle America who a lot of them maybe haven't met black people where their interactions with black people is very different. They'd say uh, admonishing things to him like, oh, he's very eloquent. Or it's, it's surprising how eloquent he is for, for a black man. Or when you had him fist bumping with Michelle Obama, or oh, is it a terrorist a terrorist fist bump? You know what I mean? Like they broke it down to the though. Oh, his name is Barack Hussein Obama. He yeah. must he must be. You know what I mean? Like attaching him Brush,
1: to birth certificate. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: The birth which which Trump started. You know what I mean? And Trump. The I, I I don't know if it's true, but I heard a story
1: that Trump actually
0: wanted to run against Obama and take away everything he did because of how he roasted him. At that White House press conference, at that White House meeting, when he roasted him in front of all those people, he- yo, Barack Obama ate him alive. Like, if you ever go back and watch that, I died laughing. Yeah, I've
1: seen
0: it. It's ridiculous. So you, so you have that part of it where, again, it feels like the far right and the far left are dictating the things, and there's just people in the middle like, yo, what the fuck, what's going on here? Like, how was this? How did how did we get here to where we had a black man who was. The best, I, in, to, my, to me, in our, I think, in our generation, the best speaker we've ever had. You know what I mean? Highly intelligent, Harvard and Yale, Harvard is it Harvard and Yale or Harvard and Princeton? Harvard. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So Harvard and Yale graduate, law, Harvard Law Review, all these things to where we get to Trump, which bachelor's degree from Wharton that is that his dad <laughs> paid. You know what I mean? That his dad paid for. Again, none of that is argued. I'm not giving you like a feeling on that. That's just fact-based statements. You know what I mean? And you and you go from that to this, but in in those eight years, you had everything he wanted to do blocked, except for Obamacare, which was I, think, I believe an executive order, or or yeah. barely or barely passed through. I don't know. It, it's just it's weird, man. It, it it did say we were past racism to a certain extent, but it also showed how much we weren't when you had people fighting for their Confederate flag, and it's it's always a weird thing to me that whole Confederate flag thing because. If you actually go into the history of it, that's not even the Confederate flag the Confederates used when they were fighting against the North. That that Confederate flag that, that everybody loves today, that red, white, and blue, and all that stuff, is actually one they brought back, I mean, you know this, they brought back to, to fight against the, you know, like Martin Luther King and the Civil and civil Rights civil Movement, race. yeah, to, to, to fight against that. It wasn't a, a, any other point than that. So, right. as far as we've come, it's only 50 years, right? So... And even look look at what happened to the civil rights. I, another thing that always bothers me about the people who are like, oh, look how far we've come. It was like, oh, and they'll share like Martin Luther King speeches. You know what I mean? But like most of the time, I was like, yo, what was, it would be really nice to talk to Martin Luther King. What happened to him again? Oh, yeah, the federal government was found guilty for murdering him, as well as Malcolm X, for speaking, for, right. for using their
1: First Amendment right. I don't know. Right. Well, this is, this is where, and, and I know you said that, We were talking in the beginning about Trump and his policies versus, I mean, his rise to presidency versus his actual policies. And I got to see it play out. But there's a lot of stuff that Trump says and if he does that I'm kind of in accordance with, like the whole drain the swamp thing. Um, And when I say drain the swamp, I know that people hear Goldman Sachs or whatever. But no, what I feel like the problem in the United States of America is. Is that our federal government has gotten way too big? You know, we have interstate travel, so there's no problem with a person relocating or stuff like that. I mean, you're going to incur the financial cost, but if if you live somewhere that you hate that much, right. then just get up and leave. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you don't try to rechange the society in you in which you're in to leave. I, I wouldn't move to. San Francisco, California, because it would be way too liberal for me. I wouldn't want to live in a small, tiny town in Georgia because it's going to be way too conservative for me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So when the federal government starts telling North Carolina what they should do about their trans laws, when the federal government starts telling Colorado what they should do about their marijuana laws and starts getting involved in everything.
0: California, too.
1: California and Seattle, Washington, all these places. But when the federal government is so overreaching and so involved in every single little thing, that's what's creating that combined with this victim world where we keep incentivizing victim. But com- th- those two have combined to create this politically divided climate that we're in mm-hmm. that everybody is on such extremes that if if you look at it objectively, you would feel like there's a civil war again that's got to be brewing. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, what it, that's exactly what it feels like. It feels like California is going to want to succeed, succeed from the nation and and, Texas. Um, and Oregon and all these places, and then Texas is going to go and and what is it, what's California going to do? They're going to cut off their water supply because California has imported import all their water, and then California is going to have to go and invade other states. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it, it's, it's kind of like what it feels like is, is happening. So that's my take on
0: that. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I, I agree with you, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that the the mis, the we're in the information age, but we're also in the misinformation age, right? Yeah. Because
1: alternative,
0: alternative facts. God, I can't I can't believe that was actually said on, on network television, bro. And people and people are using that like that's an actual statement. Yo, that's a lie. Like alternative <laughs> fact is a lie. Let's end that argument uh, right here on this podcast. Alternative fact is a lie. There's no such uh, thing.
1: I'll defend alternative facts when you finish
0: with your point. All right, so, I, I, I'm waiting for I wait for that one. So goddamn it! All right. So what was I gonna say? So a lot, a lot of the issue. So we're also in the information age and misinformation age, right? The whole fake news, the whole fake news argument is that people share memes and people share this stuff, but they don't actually do the research and validate it. Like I, shit, my cousins called me out because I, I shared, I forgot what I shared like a year ago or some shit. Like it was, it was a a, a picture of a Woodstock thing, and it just wasn't like a real thing, right? He's like, yo, I found this, and this ain't real. Like, oh shit, my bad. And it was just, I know. So after that, I've been more cautious about what I share. You know what I mean? Just not, not for any other reason, but like, yo, I don't want to, I don't want to be part of that group. So you, when you share memes and you share, you share stories from, Huffington Post or Politico or CNN or Fox News, be mindful of what you're sharing. I mean, but most people don't like how many people often really like, click into that link and read it. I mean, they just see the caption. Because you, you want that you want that instantaneous knowledge like ah look look what Hillary said ah look what Trump said ah look what Bernie said ah look what this person said, and you don't read into it oh my God uh what is it Beyonce's attacking our policeman because of her halftime show performance, and you got Fox News doing three days of that, like yo like there isn't more important things you could be doing, but then people watch people who watch that feed into that whole narrative, and again it, it goes into like I, I'm I'm assuming seeing uh, California watches a lot of MSNBC and CNN, you know what I mean, because they're a really yeah. liberal state, middle of the country, probably watches a lot of Fox News and that's just an assumption, you know what I mean, because we view the Midwest as conservative and then you've got the, the East Coast who probably watches CNN Washington, reads Washington Post, yada yada, so on and so forth, when you're, when you're feeding your own echo chamber, and you have friends with like-minded points of views, I feel like you're never learning anything because you're just reiterating the same fact you know what I mean, like, you're just hearing the same thing over and over, which I don't feel like you learn anything from So what did you want to say about alternative facts?
1: Oh, alternative facts. Alternative facts to me, I mean, I can see how it's applicable in today's media storm where I'll I'll give you, let me try to think of an example. Okay, like I'll give you an example. I listened to a podcast that you had um, with some guys from Venezuela. Right. They were talking about the climate in Venezuela, right? Yeah. They were very knowledgeable guys. They were into the policies of Venezuela, probably more than me. That's their home. Yeah, I didn't didn't know. Everything they were saying, I was like, "Uh uh-huh. I didn't know anything about it. I mean, I I know some of it, but I didn't know to the degree that they did, right? Mm -hmm. But in my head, I'm listening to that podcast, and I'm like, okay, there's an elephant in the room that still hasn't been brought up. I imagine it's going to come up eventually, but it never did, which was communism. Like, how do you talk about the situation of Venezuela and not bring up communism? And I don't think that they were being intentionally directing it. But I could bring up a whole different podcast on the communist aspect of what happened about how, you know, Hugo Chavez comes in there and he's very benevolent and I'm going to give away oil for free to these other countries. And like I did hear him say that they they dropped the price in Venezuela of oil really low. They set up a mono economy based off of one resource. And he starts implementing all these social programs, like I said. And those would be alternative facts because it's not contradicting what they said. You know, everything that they said was true. But I'm just saying this is like an alternative fact. This is also a fact that could be applied onto there. You know, but when you have Fox News reporting on something that goes against a conservative narrative, they will leave that part out. to spin Right. right. And, to that, and, that, it and that's what
0: and your your alternative fact is valid in what you're saying, because it, this is uh, you're saying this also is happening. But the way right. uh, Kellyanne Conway Kellyanne brought Conway. it up, yeah. Kellyanne Conway wasn't in that way. It was like, this is a lie. Oh, you could use your, you know what I mean? Like, you even see like the video of her, she's like, alternative facts. Like, it it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, let me give you a fact. It was just, again, it becomes, it's not even, it's never answering the question. It's, let me, let me just completely spin it in a different way. I forget what the whole back and forth was about. But this, this White House doesn't have, and it's not even like, viewing it from, from my progressive goggles or, my conservative goggles or whatever. Like, the way they approach things just isn't professional. You know what I mean? Like, given he might be, like, Trump might might be an outsider. But a lot of the people he has around him sh- are supposed to know what they're doing. You got Jeff Sessions that wants to up the drug war with marijuana, which is fucking stupid. Which is, I think, in my opinion, it's just crazy to me. Because if, if they the way I look at it, right, if there's a possibility to make money from it, why are you so against it? And that comes down to me as like the big farmers against it because marijuana, all the different things marijuana could treat. If you really put the money in to study it, if it can help people, why not? If it can help people, you know what I mean? Because I'll, I'll give you an example. <clears throat> I'll say like this. A couple years ago, I hurt my back, right? I hurt my back really bad, and I, and I smoked some weed. And, dude, like I tried pills. Uh, I tried heating pads. I tried everything. Vicks icy hot everything man and my back was still messed up my back was still messed up i smoked a little bit and dude it was the only time i felt relief relief in my pain and it wasn't just because i was high it was because like i literally i like i literally just felt my back like loosen up and feel better i mean that's just that's just my one like little point to that but if there's a possibility it can help you and the government can make money from it like colorado and california have a ridiculous maybe not california so much because they make bad investments but Colorado has a ridiculous amount of surplus since they started investing, really, as a state, in marijuana. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't understand the drug war. And then you got Sean Spicer, who's a terrible press secretary. You know what I mean? Can't tell a lie. As, he, as he's telling you, he's like, oh, I, I don't, yeah, I'm sure uh, Jim James Comey's fine. Next day, he's fired. You know what I mean? Like, as, as a White House, they don't have good standing. Which what brings me to question is his whole judgment as a businessman right because the whole argument we heard it because i know you heard it too oh he's a businessman he's gonna hire the right people how's that worked out so far mike flynn a a, a foreign agent jeff sessions might be fired any coming any day now sean spicer is terrible at his job and incredibly what's the word defensive right like you're the press secretary dude. like you're the person we see every day give out a different give project differently don't be so combative you know what i mean because then if you're combative and you're just this mouthpiece we're gonna if i'm looking at it and and i don't know better the whole white house is combative right. the white house is the leader of the country how are you combative against the citizens of the country because the press wherever their faults may be they're still citizens you know what i mean like at least treat them with some respect not the ones that attack you for no reason not the ones that are on your dick for no reason, and so on and so forth. Right.
1: But well, the thing about about that thing with Trump and which is, I think it is very dangerous because I don't know the validity of it or whatever. But and, and I I can kind of talk about Trump because I've been like in the belly of the beast where I've I've met writers and and like I'm into the chat forums and I see what it is, how they think and how they operate and and a very um. You know, pervasive thought with the Trump community is that Trump is playing 4D chess, that he's always like four or five moves ahead. Like if he's a type, type of genius and I, I could see it a little bit, but I, I kind of don't at the same time. Like you watch him as like you always feel like they've got him back into a corner through his campaigning and now into his presidency. And then all of a sudden he comes out and the people that you felt like were going to be backed up into a corner are just like, how does how do the young Turks look? How does how does Rachel Maddow look? How do how do um the Democrats, uh, the DNC look when they put all their eggs into this Russia basket and then the James Comey thing comes out and pretty
0: he doesn't say there's pretty
1: much like. no investigation and you're like okay well mm-hmm. you were campaigning the whole time that this was uh, Orange Hitler and we've been now what almost seven months eight months into his presidency and there's not a concentration camp anywhere you you you've seen right. him um. Now they switch from the orange Hitler thing to the Russia thing, more Russia, and now you know there's still no comrades, there's no CREP posts in the United States of America. There's there's no transactions really happening when you keep.
0: Well, that, I, I, I'm gonna push back a little bit against that. So, um, Ru- the issue with the issue that I have with the whole Russia thing, and I agree with you, the whole concentration camps. Mm-hmm. The 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 issue is, is that there's I'm not gonna say necessarily Trump, but there's proof that all the people around him have met him, right? So let's let's put it like this. This this is how I like to put it. If you're the leader of your business, right, you're the CEO of your business. Right. And everybody around you is into some illegal shit. You can't and you're the boss, you can't then plead ignorance. You get what I'm saying? Like, you can't have Jared Kushner, you can't have your sons, like these are these are like conversations that they had, and you can look it back, I think, Rolling Stone or some shit, that Eric or Donald Trump Jr. Gave an interview years ago, before Trump was even thinking about running, where they acknowledged that they have ties to Russia, where the Russians, like the Russian banks, uh, f- funded their funded some of their uh, their golf courses because their credit is so terrible that American banks won't give them any money. Like that's and that's that's where it becomes different because they have that's before candidate Trump. That's when it was just businessman You know, what I mean when they have a when they have a when they have a vested interest. And you have Jeff Sessions recusing himself. Like, you can't have all these people with ties to Russia and then argue it. But where they're missing the point is, first of all, I got to put, uh, in no world does Trump know how to play regular chess, <laughs> let alone 4D. Like, he just, and listen, I give him the credit. He w- He's a smart press guy. Like, he knew how to handle the media. He bullied them. Because that's, that's the one thing that the media does. The media comes from me you from this high point. They're like man, 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 and then Trump's like, no, 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 fuck that, and they're like, oh wait, he pushed back. We don't know what to do. Yes, master. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like Planet of the Apes when Caesar. Have you seen that movie? Like when Caesar screams and then everybody just bows their hand and just like so you acknowledge that he's he's the greater person. Right. And that's what it, that's what it became. That's what happens with the Republicans throughout the candidate, throughout the whole primaries, and that's what he did with the media. He bullied them back, and they weren't used to that. You know what I mean? That, that's what it came down to. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I still, like, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt from every regard, so I'll say um, just for, like, the logical exercise, hypothetically, to see if he is playing 40 chess. So when I hear Trump speak, the way that he speaks reminds me of when I'm at a party and some like, blue-collar guy gets drunk and just starts giving yeah. their opinions on politics. It's just rambling. There's no coherence into it or whatever. And to to an academic that's looking at it for, from the substance of it you're like what the hell is this but when you look at it from a persuasive standpoint I've worked in sales my whole life you know so I'm always studying persuasion and and how to influence people and things like that so when i look at it from a persuasive persuasive um you know standpoint it's effective and it works and that's what i mean by where he yeah. he he sets like traps for the media i feel like he'll tweet something like the the misspelling of, of um I don't know what the word is coffee tap and then that's all they're talking about he gets he's a genius in manipulation yeah, genius. genius manipulator so um but then i, I give credence to what the left says at least the the people that aren't buying into the hoopla I give credence to what the left says about his manipulativeness and that's the things that turned me off about him is manipulativeness how, how He's so egotistical and people that are egotistical tend to be all victim to flattery and things like that. You notice whenever somebody talks good about him, he's their best friend in the whole world and he he does all this stuff. So that's where Vladimir Putin, but Putin and him, I don't, at least in my opinion, you know, I'm no expert by any means, but I don't see the relationship where it's like there's some kind of unholy alliance or or Trump is in Putin's pocket, like this whole hysteria in the bed with the Reds that the MSNBC keeps trying to, Put out
0: there. I don't see that. Right, and I the way the way I view it again, we're we're outsiders, right? We're just going off what we see in the whole dynamic of what we see in Trump and what we know of Putin. Like we know Putin's a terrible human being. We know he kills reporters that argue against him. Yada yada yada. Uh, he poisons anybody who who opposes him, so on and so forth. But when you have, like, all right, So when when you the way I view that is is a master puppet scenario right because i view putin as a highly intelligent spy like that's because he grew up in the kgb He learned all that stuff so if if you can get trump with what you said like a little bit of flattery you know what i mean and they and there's pictures of of trump laughing with uh the the people from russia in his oval office i mean they probably just said hey man really like your hair looks good today brother you know what i mean like some simple stuff and just little bit of flattery because his ego is so fickle and fragile, it, it leads it leads to dangerous situations where if they give him a couple compliments, who he, he might overlook this. You know what I mean? And who knows what that could be. So, as far as what you said, like transactions, there's, I think all, I think we, you know, this, all 12, first of all, I didn't know there was 12 intelligence agencies, just to be completely honest with you. I didn't know there was that okay. many. All 12 intelligence agencies said that russia uh, affected our election somehow right they don't want to go into it because it's a matter of national security so then barack obama acts and pulls sanctions on on russia and then trump is slowly pulling them back uh barack obama took away two compounds from them i think one's in maryland and one's in like new jersey or something these huge mansions right which is based on the news and uh, news reports again i look at four always look at like four or five different reports I don't ever look at MSNBC, like I look up printed news and stuff like that. Those places were like homes for spies, right? That's where Kislyak works and all that stuff. and Or Russian nationalists and all that type of shit. So Trump is giving that back to them. Now, as a matter of national security, this, this is the question I have with the whole Russia thing, right? If if that was a Muslim country that allegedly affected our elections, mm-hmm. right? would it Would it be looked at so casually by the same White House? Like, if, if all 12 national security agencies said, hey man, Iraq, Iraq or Iran, somebody affected our elections in this way, we'd be in motherfucking war. Like, you know what I mean? Like, some we would have bombed the shit out of them, something would have happened, but all 12 national security agencies says it, and then people come to the defense of it, like, oh no, I voted for Trump, not just Russia. Like, yo, man, like... Do you not understand That's still a matter of national security? You know what I mean? Like, and you can't, they can't be so passive. Still has not given a speech on Russia or what he did. Just that, Oh, I don't have any ties to them. No, man. Like, you're the president. It has nothing to do with you anymore. If they affected it in any way, when he's on the campaign saying, hey, Russia, hack hack the DNC, he's already, like, I always have a joke, he's already outsourcing jobs. Like, Americans could have hacked the DNC. Why did you specifically call for Russia? There's other countries... I'm sure Australia has hackers. I'm sure China has hackers. Why did he... Sp- it's just questions that I have. You know what I mean? Why did he specifically call for Russia? Why did he say, oh, I'm sure America has their, has their skeletons too. I'm paraphrasing. When he was asked if he could call uh, Vladimir Putin a bad guy. on On Fox News. You know what I mean? If there's already this... <clears throat> At least the president, he has all this information, right? He can get all this from from his security agencies. If he has all this, why does he continue to not say anything? Because it's still a matter of national security. Russia's not an ally. Russia's not an ally anyway. But you won't you won't fucking, uh, what was it, uh, shake Angela Merkel's hand. Or you, you'll push the, the president of some country, you know what I mean? Like you'll do all this stuff and you'll like big and bag with that. But when it comes to Russia, you won't even give a speech when it's proven right. that he, that they did something in some way. To what level? We don't know. But in some way, they try to affect our democracy, and you're not saying shit about it, is what bothers me.
1: Well, I mean, there's there's different layers to that stuff. So st- to start with the whole sanction stuff, or or like when Hillary Clinton wanted to make Syria a no-fly zone, which was... You know, um, warm up, rela- I mean, thought out relationships with Russia or, or things like that. And he goes and he says he's against those type of things. I think it's in America's best interest to at least have a somewhat working relationship with Russia. I, I, and they're the other nuclear superpower, closest thing to it in the world. So, you know, you're not talking about Iraq or something like that. You don't just go and drop, drop drone strikes on them. You know, you're talking about World War yes. III if there's a problem with the U.S. and Russia. So in that regard, yes. Um, I don't really have a problem with him doing things like lifting sanctions or things like that, which I would have to get into the specifics of what specific sanction and the um, economic repercussions or whatever. But um, as far as the other side, then, where we get into, like, the conspiracy type of stuff of the, you know, could Putin, like, have Russia like a puppet? I mean, sorry, could Putin have the United States like a puppet master, like you said? I, I just No no not the United States, just, just Trump. Trump. Okay, so well uh, 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 yeah. as the leader of the United States will then have influence right. on the United States and so the policy right. that he does. And I haven't really seen any type of like at least here in, in the United States, any pro Russia type of policy or movement towards policy from Trump. Now if, if I see that, then I so the
0: so so the one to look out for, the the big one that I learned from the young Turks and then I looked into it. You know what I mean? Was that Russia and the United States had a 500 billion dollar uh, uh, oil deal, right? right? With with Exxon Mobil, which is now the CEO. Again, it's not conspiracy theories; it's just what it right. is. the c The CEO is a Secretary of State. Uh, can't think of his name. Rex Tillerson, mm-hmm. right? So that's the one. Like, if that happens, it was like, okay, that's yeah. that's pay for play then. You know what I mean? That's 500 billion dollars. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot of change. Mm-hmm. That, that'll, that'll pay some bills in in the trump household or whoever's household ExxonMobil because that's what the deal was with it was with russia and ExxonMobil right so I mean we'll see what happens man like, like again I don't I don't believe Trump's playing 4d I think what he's what he's doing is amazing because what he while he's distracting with his tweets his republican counterparts are pushing you know what I mean ridiculous health care ridiculous tax reform so on and so forth and that's something we can get into too but it's, it's, he plays his role perfectly. If he's, if he's just meant to be a distraction, you know what I mean? Like that if he's just, he's doing that a plus Meryl Streep Oscar worthy, you know what I mean? Like he's doing that to the best of his ability because with all this Russia stuff and all these questions, he can't push his stuff forward. Right. You know what I mean? His, his policies and all that stuff. If he even has policies, which change while he's talking.
1: Yeah. Well, I think, I think we can look to the past for an example, now that you said it dropped my memory. But I think we would we will both agree that in, in my lifetime, I would say George W. Bush was probably the worst president that we've had mm-hmm. in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And the constant criticism of George W. Bush is how stupid he is, is what people would say. Yeah. But then you'd yeah. say, okay.
0: You ever, sorry to jump, have you, if you ever look up, I'm, I don't know if I can send you, I send you the link. If you ever look up his speeches <laughs> before, when he was the governor of yeah. Texas holy shit, a totally different I mean, person, dude. Like, it, it doesn't
1: make sense. How? Like, how? Uh, how do you dumb, how does a person get dumbed down like that? And I don't think so. I think it's just that it's politics, and we really don't know what goes on behind the machine. So um, we've become kind of an oligarchy where the chiefs of big corporations are kind of behind the scenes, are the ones that are really kind of running things. But how could somebody that's so stupid, you can't put a, a functioning sentence together, and then... He goes and he does all these atrocities across the world and profits off of it, and the man's not in jail. The man's just, you know, everybody thinks he's stupid to the point now that if you look at it, how history has sort of absolved him. He was against Trump and the Democrats, and these people were like with George W. Bush, like if like if CNN and MSNBC yeah. weren't dragging this man through the dirt every every freaking yeah. chance they had with all the stupid.
0: Like he wasn't. Like if he wasn't a war criminal. Right,
1: exactly. So, but then you, you would see. Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton are the same thing, war criminals, in, in, the, in what yep. they do, Benghazi, Yemen, all these things. So how, yep. how, why is it that the Republicans, they always play like the stupid role? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, right. right. And I think that, uh, I, that, that's a very valid I think that's kind of like what, what, what happens with Trump, that he kind of plays this stupid role, but his IQ is supposed to be high. I, I mean, I don't think these, right. and, and I know people like the Young Turks or whatever, they always um, the man's a successful businessman In Any way you look at it you know I don't want to take that away from him. You can't be that stupid to be that right. successful as a businessman um, he, he he's had bankruptcies and stuff like that but that's him manipulating the system. that's like when you watch these soccer players and they flop all over the place you know that's because that's built to the system so, they get their reward from it you know or, or the NBA now that the, the flopping is crazy
0: right so 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 my question to you is if that makes him a smart businessman? wouldn't that make it easier for him how am I, how am I trying to say this so if he took advantage of that system right and he has other and he has other people in that system that are rich <laughs> wouldn't he make it easier for those people to take advantage of that system because he, like at, 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 that's just, that's just human nature right like if you if you took over something and it was like oh wait I can could, I could make it easier for my boys to get make, make it easier for them you are you're not gonna look for the people like some strangers like the people making Fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000, or thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $40,000, $50,000 a year, you're not going to make it easier for them. Like, oh, man, I could help out the CEO of this corporation or this corporation because I've known him for 20 years. And I could do this tax reform to make it easier for them to make more money. You know what I mean? That's that's where that's where I, I have the issue with that majority of America don't even think about. Like, it. I only know Paul. You know what I mean? Like, I only, and, I, and I could take care of Paul. And if Paul's, if Paul's trying to make more money, and I can affect it in a way I can help him to get more money. I'm gonna do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he took advantage of the system, he's gonna make it easier for other other big corporations and other millionaires or billionaires to take advantage of the system as well. At no point in that argument is he gonna be thinking about us. Right. You get what I'm saying? And that's 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 an issue I had against Hillary Clinton too, though, because mm-hmm. it goes both sides. Because she was gonna help the people who funded her and paid for her campaign. Right. It's just human nature. If you're gonna give me 250 grand. I'm like, all right, man, I got to take care of you somehow. That's a big loan. If somebody gives me $100, I know I'm in <laughs> that, Let them know 250 mm-hmm.
1: Well, that comes then down to like, which I agree with everything you said, but it'll come down to, now as far as the effect of it goes, comes down to philosophical differences. And this is where I always sit and vibe with liberals, but when I start getting into this type of talk, then they always bring out the ad hominis and things like that. Where right. I feel like the role of the government, especially the federal government of the United States of America is national defense, is to settle lawful disputes between citizens and other states or things like that. And that's pretty much it, right? I feel like the United States of America has somehow turned from the land of opportunity to the land of equality. And the problem with equality is that equality goes against the system. And by the system, I mean the universal system. You can be religious and believe in God, and God has their hierarchy, right? You can be an atheist Mm -hmm. and believe in the Big Bang Theory. Well, the universe came into existence by the inequality of matter and antimatter. Every single thing that's observable in the universe is unequal. When you leave something to its own devices, the MBA. Nobody in their right mind would say, you know what? You know what the NBA needs? It needs more white guys. Let's put more Nobody. unathletic white players in the NBA to make things more fair. Let's put more Asians. Let's put some girls in there. Because when you leave it to its own devices without human interference, the inequality always comes out, right? So yep, absolutely. Trump wants to – and I know the word for it, but it's escaping me right now. But it's when you push forward somebody that's your friend or, or, or a family member or something like that in the yep. system. Nepotism, nepotism. Trump wants to engage in nepotism. That's not the hu. That's not the human system. That's the universal system. That's how it is. That's gonna happen. So that's why I think we should restrict the power of the federal government so that the nepotism isn't so important. And that we, as the poor people, have to stop saying the government isn't doing this for me. The go- like, We, as the poor people, have to say we gotta learn the system just as good as them. Yeah. You know, when, when Frederick Douglass found out that the slaves were freed, Frederick Douglass said black people have to work harder, be smarter, and everything than white people. Not to prove anything to white people, but to prove to themselves that they're deserving of it, right? That was Frederick Douglass. Black people on on a good course in history, and then they've gotten now into government situation, and there's some black people that have Figured it out for themselves, and they've gone up to the top. Barack Obama being the you know the mantle the bearer, top, of that, the top of the top, yeah, the of it. And then you have other ones that they've fallen into the the trap of the coming on government dependence, and the, they the, don't the advance themselves. They don't advance themselves, and they're <laughs> having cultural problems and stuff. Like that that is not anything genetically wrong with, with black people. That is the system that they put them in because when they were following Frederick Douglass's form. They were at the top of the Tuskegee Airmen. They started Black Wall Street in Oklahoma. You the know, the they,
0: I mean, if you bring up Black Wall Street in, in Tulsa, you got to bring up the the what ended Black Wall Street.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. But which which a lot of
0: people don't know about, man. It's shocking to me how many people don't know about that.
1: Yeah, of course. They, they, they um, the white people burned it down. They saw success, Look. but the worst thing that the white people did was not burn down Black Wall Street. The, the worst thing the white people did was they say, "Don't worry, we'll take care of you." Because they haven't yeah. taken care of them. True. You know what I mean? When they were on their own accord, that's when they were thriving as a as a culture yep. in the United States of America. And then you know they had their civil rights battles and stuff like that. But even still, the black family was together. It wasn't the divorce rate and single motherhood that there is nowadays. So um, I use them because I've seen. I think it's Tommy Sotomayor, that he, he uses a great analogy that he says that the black people in America are like the canary in the gold mine in the mm. in the mine where they're right. the ones that set you into action because they're kind of like always the test dummies you know
0: yeah um
1: they're the most oppressed class in in this country for sure sure. so when you see it happen to them then us as as other races or as other individuals in in different um social statuses and varying degrees of income we have to see that for ourselves where we have to learn the system better than them we have to work harder than them we you have to tell me what's donald trump's son's gpa i got to get a gpa higher than that how many hours a week does Donald Trump work? I gotta work more than him. Uh, because that's how you're gonna take the power from them so, to get to your own people. So this whole thing of like being victims and all oh, Trump is nepotism and stuff like that, I don't, unless if he's doing it, which is kind of what's been happening with globalism, but I cannot blame Trump for globalism. Trump's the opposite. He's nationalist. Yeah, where people opposite. have been putting other countries um, needs before the United States needs. And we've been very altruistic and now we've been kind of on a downfall. So our, our, if you look at America, we parallel the history of Rome a lot right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, every every great, I mean, it's just, well, we, we can go with the civilizations right now because it leads us perfectly into that. But mm-hmm. every civilization in every country has its rise and its fall, right? Like, right. maybe we're just on the downside of, of where we were. And, I mean, I feel like that's been happening for a while because of all the issues you said, like, Bringing in all these all these different exports and imports and exports from all these different countries, and you got China who does half the labor, so you still import it in, so on and so forth. So maybe that's just we're the we're the fall of Rome, we're we're just witnessing it now, and it's just bound to happen. And it's as the same as thing. yeah, and it's the same thing. And as far as the education of it and and the the following of uh, uh, Frederick Douglass. Mm-hmm. I agree everything you said, but the the issue the issue is now is that you have to what you were saying basically is that you have to work twice as hard mm-hmm. to be half to be just as good, Correct. right? And, that, and that's that leads. I mean, I don't know. That leads into the whole white privilege, or not not just white privilege, but financial privilege, and so on and so forth. Where you see where why is it that me and you being Hispanic. Have to work twice. Like, if me and you got the same GPA as the whitest name you could think of. I don't, I don't know what it could be. Paul Johnson, which it could be anything. You know what I mean? I don't know if there's, like, a Paul Johnson out there. I apologize if you listen to this podcast and you feel like I offended you. Please don't write me an email. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, you picked that name. Why should me and you have to get a 4.2 if he had a 3.5? You know what, what I mean? Yeah. No, I'm saying, like, I'm. I'm that's a rhetorical question. Like, but, no, what, I'm
1: going to answer your question.
0: Go ahead.
1: Why should we? Because of inertia. It's a scientific law. It's the law of inertia. Objects in motion stay at motion. Objects in rest stay at rest. So, so if you're, okay, I got you. But if you're at a point of rest, you need more acceleration to take off. Right. That's not that's not the system's fault. The thing is, that people say, "Well, the system doesn't care about me." The system cares about you. The universe, mother nature, is completely yes. indifferent to you. That yeah. doesn't give a fuck about you. It if you don't a believe, a fuck, you.
0: Yeah, live or die, it doesn't give a shit.
1: Yeah. Go out into the jungle. You're mm-hmm. from Panama, right? Yeah. Go out into the jungles of Panama, where there's no what? civilization, right? Uh-huh. You don't know, and especially in, in such a, a tropical climate, you don't know what you can eat if it's poisonous or not. You yeah. don't know if this frog is poisonous. You yeah. don't know how to how to hunt. You, we no longer have those skills. We have you know 2017 skills for survival. Yeah. You think I could, I could text
0: some shit like yo Uber, Uber eats? Yeah, me <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: Something think, right here. You think the Panamanian jungle is gonna say to you, hey, you know what? It's not it's not fair that. True. That you're from 2000. So that what I'm saying is that it's the universe that's like that. It's not the system. The system cares that you, uh, at least a little bit about you. You know, at right. least you have some social safety net. You're not right. starving out in the streets as long as you, you don't, as long as you don't have a mental disorder or a, a drug addiction real bad. Most Americans aren't out in the streets starving, right. you know? Mm-hmm. Um. So that's why I say we have to drop that whole victim thing for ourselves as Hispanics or as whatever as, man, as, as minorities one, as minorities as whatever it is you want to call it you know you have to drop that victim mentality unless if you go full blown communism communism that's a whole other dis- discussion
0: yeah that's a whole other discussion but yeah I mean damn that's a very valid point man so yeah you have so what I what I gathered from that and you can tell me if I'm wrong is mm-hmm. that I'll say it like this like the people in power are in a state of What's the word? It's a state. It's just ah, damn. It. Like a state of nothingness. Like in a state of we've always been here.
1: Complac- complacency. Be continuum motion.
0: Compl- yeah, continuum. There, I think they're in a state of complacency <laughs> where like they've always been there. So us, we have to use inertia and and push past, and we'll, before you know it, we'll be we'll be in that state, and we'll exactly. be above them, and they won't even see us coming because they've gotten used to that point.
1: I like that. That's, that's a very valid point. That's exactly what it is, and it, it, it's what's happened in society. So look, if you look at the fall of Rome, right? The, right. we, we about Rome like how we just said. Rome became a superpower. Um, they would they from freaking from Spain to Persia at the time, which now is modern day Iran, mm-hmm. all the way through North Africa when they beat the Carthaginians in the in the first, second, and third Punic Wars. That was all their land. You know, pretty much the North mean, Wars yeah. at the time. They yeah. conquered all that, right? Yeah. And they lost to barbarians the Visigoths, the Franks, the Huns, barbarian tribes, because Rome got too complacent, they got too comfortable, they started to feel like they deserved it. The Roman citizens, they had this thing, and again, the word escapes me, but if anybody tells me, go look at it in Google, there's a word that Egypt was their main fertile crescent where they would take the wheat and they would take bread and give it to the citizens. They would Mm -hmm. perform Roman games in the Colosseums. I believe it's called a dole. It was called the dole, where it's like the like the EBT card of, of nowadays, right? Okay. It's, it's called the dole, and they would give that out to the citizens. And all of a sudden, the citizens start to feel like, you know what, we deserve this. This is ours. This is what we deserve. Yeah. And then the system started to implode. It had too large of a standing army. It cost too much to keep all of these. Um, territories under control so their standing army had to be there Roman legions guarding, you gotta pay these people you gotta feed these people, yeah. so eventually the whole thing collapsed Now who did they lose to? They lost to barbarians, the Visigoths up in northern Germany that are there training, you know, hungry we're gonna beat these Romans to the Huns, until the, the Hun is there training, training war, mm-hmm. and that's what always happens, you have a, a, a civilization it always starts with warriors and then it switches over to philosophers where how are we going to run this system? And then it switches, it switches over to economists. How are we going to become profitable? And then it switches over to complacency. And then it collapses. And that's what's happened to the United States of America. You can see it. With, it it's happened everywhere. It's happened in Egypt. It's happened in Persia. It's happened right. in Greece. You know, anywhere. So that's why we... have The movement has to be back to like Ralph Waldo Emerson, back to the original American, um, about self-sufficiency, self-reliance. We have to empower ourselves. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. And a perfect example of this is you see the disconnect between the people that are in power and the people that are not in power. Pretend me and you right now, we're chilling somewhere and five or six black guys walk in and they put their fists up in the air and they say, black power, my brothers. You'd be like, cool. You know, yeah. Whatever, chill. Yeah. You know, I, I'm glad you guys are proud of your heritage. It's no big deal. I take no offense to that, whatever. Now, five white guys come into the same place that we're in, and they say white, white power. power, and they do a Nazi heel, yeah. it's just going to get really uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, we're really uncomfortable <laughs> really fast.
1: Yeah, because they, they do have power. Yes. You know? So that's why you can see the disconnect in, in, in the inertia versus the motion of it. They have, they can't be out there boasting about it and stuff like that because it's gonna wake up in the other people. Shit, they do have power. We gotta put the power in ourselves. But when they say, "Oh, we're Democrats, we care about poor people, we care about black people, we care about the disadvantaged," and they keep trying to victimize you, but they keep feeding you, it shuts you up. You're like, "Oh, I don't give a fuck." You know, I, li- I have yeah. I live in Section 8 I get, I get my EBT card. I get, um, yeah, I get all this stuff. Like, I'm not going to fight nobody. I'm going to be chill right here. That's what, that's what goes on, you know? Um, so think about it. Think about this. I've been in pork and beans projects. I've been in Opalaka. I've been in these apartments, in these houses, and I've seen it myself. Um, they have sometimes living situations. They're living in AC. They have cable. They have, and I'm not talking like bad about people that take advantage of the system because the same thing I said about right. Trump's nepotism, I understand it. They're in survival mode. They got to do what they got to do to survive, right? right. They have um, food from countries all around the world that you can get out of public today, and yeah. they are living today better than Alexander the Great lived in Greece at his time, or Cyrus, um, lived in Persia, you know? Yeah. So. You're like, well, how bad do you really have it? You know, they're making it just comfortable
0: enough, just comfortable enough to keep you complacent, to not keep you to fight back. Like, hold on, man, uh, we could do better than this. They, they don't want that question ever asked. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Why? Why are we? Why are we still here? Right. You know what I mean? And that takes. That might take generations. That that might be the son or the daughter from that person. Like, yo, we, I want a bigger house than this. I'm, I'm not entitled to it, but I'm going to work my ass off for it. I don't want to be in the same projects, in the same apartment, in the same housing community 10, 20 years from now. I want something better. But how they get you is they give you they, they up your EBT card. They they lower your rent. They make it a little bit easier for you once you start fighting, once you start arguing. Cause then, so then you see that as change. So then you see that like, look, I got $200 more on my EBT card. Or I got rent is $150 less. Or this this car dealership that's in my neighborhood makes it a little e- easier for me to get a car. You see that has changed, but before you know it, you're in those same four walls. You haven't made much of a difference. Oh, they up your internet speed a little bit faster. So you see that has changed. You see that as a difference. And then there's you make no real change, and all you've done is stay complacent. You've lost your state of inertia because you've Those same four walls with a little bit more benefits as a huge change to your life, which is crazy.
1: The worst thing that you can do is take away somebody's hunger. That's the worst thing you can do. And you know why we we don't notice it? Why we're not like Venezuela or Greece or anything like that? It's because of the technology. And what I mean is you get an EBT card. You go to Publix and you swipe your EBT card like just a regular person. If... It was yeah. 1930s during the Great Depression, and people had to, instead of getting an EBT card, they had to stand in line to get sued or, like they do or to get benefits and stuff like that. I think it's 50% of the population is on some form of government assistance in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. The, the line yeah. would be from Key West up to Maine, you know, for the yeah,
0: and you'd be on
1: the streets and you'd see like say, holy shit, this is supposed to be America, the greatest country in the world.
0: Yeah, people don't know it. I told you I wouldn't disappoint. Man, I'm here
1: dropping truth bombs for you. We
0: we in (laughs) it, boy. We in it, and we ain't even got to the ancient civilizations yet. Oh yeah. That's oh man. So let's let's dive into that. I didn't feel I didn't think we were gonna go an hour and a half straight politics and and all that, that. and talk about Rome. Now let's let's talk about let's talk about some fun shit. Let's listen. So I've been reading this book. Highly highly suggest you read it. He's got a couple books out there. Mm a writer named Graham Hancock, right? He's wrote, He wrote this book, Fingerprint of the Gods. He has a bunch of published books. Sorry,
1: what's it called? Uh, I
0: haven't come up. Graham Hancock. So the name of the book? Fingerprint of the Gods. Mm-hmm. So that one is all about uh, Central Mesoamerican culture, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, the Aztecs, the Mayans, and all that stuff. So he goes and balls deep into that. But the one I'm reading is called Magicians of the Gods, mm-hmm. right? And this one's Gobekli Tepe mm-hmm. and Gunung Padang. So it's like he breaks it down. Like I'm 200 pages in. It's like a 400 page book. It's ridiculous, but it talks about it, it questions all of the things we've been taught about how civilization comes to be. So a show that I like to watch, you know, this is Ancient Aliens, right? Uh-huh. And it's not so much about their theories and stuff like that, but it's more so about the architecture, like the stuff they built then. Uh, can't can't be duplicated now to that to that same extent to that. Level of perfection, mm-hmm. right? So, my point of view on all that stuff is that the world is old, obviously, it's what 6.6 billion years old, and I feel like we were here a lot longer than scientists say we were, and I feel like things just happen in stages, mm-hmm. right? Like this, a civilization came up, something happened, and went down. B civilization came up, something happened, and went down. But one of the things that's the most intricate and that's the most interesting is that the initial buildings of certain things, like the one I was watching was uh, Teotihuacan, uh-huh. right? There's no proof of when it was built. They, they they accredited it to the Aztecs, right? But there's no hieroglyphs to say it was the Aztecs. And the Aztecs, as far as their stories go, say that that was built even before them.
1: Right.
0: So, But one of the interesting things that I always find is that the initial building of something... So let's say you're the first person to build a house, right? in your family, like, from the ground mm-hmm. up. And if you have a son, they see it, there's going to be things they they improve upon it, right? Because they're, they're just natural evolution, the next person should be better at this than mm-hmm. you, right? Like, 1990s basketball had some athletes. 2017 basketball has all athletes. Yeah, right. You get what I'm yeah. saying? So the, the, the initial building or something is better than the, than the sequel of it, which doesn't make any sense to me. Because just the way I look at it, and I might be looking at it incorrectly, but if I if I'm building something, if there's people around me and I have sons, they're they're seeing it and they're learning, and I'm teaching them, they're gonna find easier ways to do it. It's just human nature, right? The way I'm looking at it. So they have like Tel like the the way they say it, it's built like like a Russian doll, right? Not to bring Russia back into it, but it's different piles of the same statue, of the same of the same pyramid, but the initial one was built better than the last one like how like, I just I don't get that type of stuff and I know you're into it too so like I don't understand how that's possible so you're suggesting that alien um, influence
1: I'm,
0: I'm not saying it's aliens I'm saying that it's if it's if it's not aliens right which th- that's what aliens credit that's what ancient aliens accredited right. to I'm saying that it, it, dis- it disputes what we've been told and taught either way because if this was carbon dated to 30, just an example, like to 30,000 years ago, you know what I mean? Like there was people who knew, but because there's never, the, the thing that's always interesting about that stuff, there's never like a trial run area. You know what I mean? Like a place where they figured out how to right. build it. They just built that shit. Mm-hmm. You like I'm not a very handy person, but I can't go out there right now and just build the house right. with have no, no functioning no knowledge. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's it's either, in, in, in my aspect, and I might be whatever. It's it's either ancient aliens, right, or it's ancient civilizations that were from a time before
1: we knew there was a time. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, and I have a theory about that. It's my own theory. I have no way of I'm proving it. it. I'm not that mathematically inclined to prove something like this. But well, before I get into my theory, actually, let me address what you first said about the ancient alien and um, the. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the tablets that were discovered in, in what would have been at the time, present day Samaria, which a lot of, um, anthropologists was that like, a, that's a, that's like a, like Iraq and yeah. Turkey, like that. Where, yeah, right, the Middle exactly. Yeah. Where, where the Tigris and the Euphrates river kind of meet. The first present is yeah. where they believe that they found, um, wild wheat. And I'm talking about wheat now. So I know you wanted to talk also about paleo diet. We might get into that from this. Um, <laughs> yeah. so that's where they found white wheat, wild wheat, cultivated it. Um, it was the first known civilization it's called Sumeria. Um, their famous leader was Sargon of Akkad, and um, they found ancient Sumerian tablets that kind of, which would be like the Egyptian equivalent of hieroglyphics, show extraterrestrial art in in it. Now that could be interpreted in, in whatever sense, and then they have all these theories about how they came in here and altered our DNA, and from that is how we switch from you know Homo erectus over to Homo sapien. And that is kind of really complex stuff outside of my area of expertise. I won't even try to jump into it, but there is validity to it. There is movements that kind of feel towards, towards that where it's not so much sci-fi spooky shit, you know, it is it, it, a yeah. sense to it. Now I have a theory of, of mine that I've kind of come up with and I call it the theory of circular consciousness. If, if you notice, um, light is kind of what brings us information and, Light travels at the speed of light, but it gets bent by gravity. And if anything gets bent, if you study basic geometry, eventually it'll it'll loop and come around. Come back yeah. around, yeah. So technology is really a, a product of human consciousness. All these things, the iPhone existed, we just weren't conscious of it. You know, somebody made it, um, became conscious of it, developed the technology and made it happen.
0: So I, right, somebody got the idea through their I, consciousness. I get that. Okay. I feel I'm like... About
1: you. Um, it could be possible that this isn't like human beings' first time around. That we right, that's what
0: I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, we
1: um, we go into sort of like a loop. Albert Einstein himself said, um, "I don't know what weapons World War 3 are going to be fought with, but I know World War 4 is going to be fought with sticks and stones because we blow ourselves back to the Stone Age." You know, so mm-hmm. it could be the reverse of what people think. This might not. And, and when I say ancient, I mean it's in the past from a chronological standpoint, but I'm talking about from a human development standpoint, this might be the apex of human um, technological achievement. And these buildings are there because they, they could weather thousands of years or maybe even millions of years of, of you know, of the terrain and, and of the weather and of the deterioration and all these type of things. So. That's kind of my theory that I've kind of played around with in my mind, where I call it the theory of, of human circular consciousness, where we're actually on a loop, you know, where it goes this whole. And I don't want to get into climate change because that's a whole other world.
0: Yeah, right. But this whole yep. like yeah. um,
1: apocalyptic view on climate change and eventually it's gonna wipe out human beings. It, it could because of that technology could be our own undoing or whatever. But it's possible that the system resets and then we start over as hunter gatherers again.
0: And then just kind yeah. of loop around, you know. Yeah, and that and that's that's my my sentiment exactly. Is that where, yeah, everything you said is completely my, my theory too. Like I feel like everything just has stages, right? Like there there's there's a part there's a ceiling on where we can go as a civilization, wiped out, start over again. You know what right. I mean? Like it it just happens. Like be it a world war, be it a a huge cataclysm, be it a flood, be it whatever an asteroid, whatever. There'll be some, and it'll just start all over again. Because one thing we know is life always finds a way, right? Like that's, that's a given that's been proven in our history without a doubt. That's, that's just what it is. Life finds a way. So it ends and it starts all over again. But the thing that's, that's interesting to me is that like why we have to see these things, read, read and learn about these things on a, on the periphery of science, right? Like why this isn't something, and I mean, I haven't gone to college in a while, but I don't feel like these types of things are being debated and mainstream academia, when there's the the when the when you have the physical proof of it, yep. right? Like that's what's weird to me is like, when you want to constantly talk about the things that you've always talked about, and you find something that debates it, like Göbekli Tepe. If you don't know about Göbekli Tepe, is, or listeners that might not know about it, it's this place is this place in in, the, in Turkey that was found that was purposely buried, mm-hmm. right? So and it has all these different depictions on it, almost like 3D depictions of lions and, and all these different types of things and they say only like 10 percent of it has been are like excavated and like 50, 50 to 60 percent is still way on the ground they don't want to excavate it because it would to take too much time something like it takes to take like 15-20 years so you have all these things that debate what you're being told debate the history but you're not arguing with it or you're not bringing it to, to for the forefront because it's inconvenient It's a disservice you know what I mean? Like I feel like people need to know those type of things, like if be it aliens or not. Like you could you could say Samaria, you could say the ancient Egyptians, uh, the the, the when they talk about the vimanas in mm-hmm. India, when and in India they don't talk about it like a theory. They talk about it like that's what happened. Yeah. They say gods came down from the from the skies. They flew down. Like that's that's they talk about that like the Christians believe in the Bible. That's not a theory yeah. to them. That's actually what happened. So when they talk about all those things. Like how how I guess it's it's not an argument for like me or you because we we both understand what we're talking about, you know what I mean? Like how can you argue against it? Or how can you not give it any credit? If it if it was an ancient civilization, where did they come from? How did they survive? Whatever they came from, or were they, or, or were they aliens? You know what I mean? Did they come and and like you could go with the Anunnaki thing. Right. You could talk about something he talks about in the book, which is the Seven Apkallu, which is very which is people who taught the Mayans and the Aztecs or the Sumerians or, you know what I mean? Like all these people, which are also the seven of Calo, also known as the seven Sages. Like you have all these things and these people, like the, the, the living and the living people of those ancestors that had those ancestors still talk about it today. Cause oral history stayed in time. You know what I mean? They, they told it to the sons and it's just those myths as people want to call it, it, they believe it as fact. And how is it not, Portrayed that way is just crazy. just strange to me, I guess.
1: Uh, and it's a it's a shame that war kind of messes up a lot of it. Um, you know, when Assyria invaded Babylon, they destroyed yeah. the libraries of Babylon, and the mm-hmm. Library of Alexandria in Egypt was burned down to the ground, and all these texts. Tech-
0: the Spanish, the Spanish destroying the Aztec yeah. and the Mayans. Yeah, yeah.
1: so they they not just do they destroy them as living people, but they destroy them culturally and scientifically and all of their, their mm-hmm. learnings. Cause I guess they don't want that to influence their culture. Or I don't know what the motive behind Aftermath.
0: Winners, winner, winners tell the history of the planet. Bro. The, wi- the winners of war tell the history. of oh, the yeah, planet.
1: So, so mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if, um, well, according, according to, to those texts, Akonawi and the stuff that you're talking about, we're supposed to be, Here to mine the resources off of the earth for the age of life form and we're supposed to be a slave race so why would they want us to know that you know you don't want a slave race to know that so i mean i can understand the logic in that
0: yeah no that's true so what do you what do you think about like like what i was telling you like how is it that something that was built originally with no history or no i I can't say history like no proof that they had trial bills Mm -hmm. Like, how is it that initial part of something just, I mean, if you don't if, just like speculate, I guess, like, how is it that the initial building of something is better than the fifth building of something? You get know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, how does how does that make sense? Like, where was the lost intelligence
1: there? Um, well, in, in laws of physics, there's also another thing called entropy. And that's that energy never created or destroyed transferred from one part to the next. But every time there's a transfer, some of it is lost to chaos and disorder. So if, if the way that you're, you're maintaining records is through oral tradition, we all know how the telephone game works and things like that work. Yeah. So if it's based on oral tradition, then it's possible that there could be some corruption of the design. Um, history shows that the opposite is usually true in the sense that as people do things more, they become more and more skilled at it. So mm-hmm. I don't know if there's that point to it, Um it could be, like you said, alien influence. It could be that it was the final one instead of being the first one. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's something that's way outside of my range of intelligence. But, but
0: it's but it's interesting, right? Like, it's interesting to think. Like, I'll get, like, a lot of times, like, for my job, I drive up, right? right? So, I, I'll listen to podcasts. Like, I'll listen to, like, Joe Rogan or, like, different ones. And you have, like, these interesting people on, which is actually how I learned about Graham Hancock and Randall Carson, which is the, the geologist that he has. But... Like just and even if just just to think about it is interesting. Like just to think of like the possibilities of all these things. Like and there's no answers to those questions. Yeah. Like that's what that's what's the most interesting to me. You know what I mean? Is that scientists don't know because you can only theorize. Like one of the things that that uh, Graham Carlson talks Graham Hancock talks about that they also talk about in ancient aliens is about the scientist named uh, Robert Schock, mm-hmm. Right? I believe he's a geologist, and if I'm wrong, I apologize. But he's a geologist, and he said that the Sphinx is actually a lot older than they say it is, right? Because it had weathering from a great flood, right? With the great flood, when they talk about it in the Bible that wiped out the planet and only certain people survived, yada yada yada. So it had weathering from the great flood. So it said it could be, Lord knows, like who knows how much longer, who much, how much older, and it, they talk about one of the one of the kings of Egypt actually repairing the Sphinx when they were building the initial pyramids you know what i mean so that that, that talks about that and that's that's a different as far as we know egyptians kept great notes you know what i mean they, they kept notes of everything as far as they could find so that's also interesting and then when he said that he was blackballed by the by academia like no that's not what it is and the egypt the egyptologists were like oh no you're full of shit so on and so forth and they blackballed him and that was cool that that parallel was there that it was talked in about in The Magicians of the Gods for Graham Hancock and in Ancient Aliens because it kind of brings those two together. Because in a lot of ways, they're very similar in their argument. It's just that one says ancient civilizations and one says ancient aliens.
1: Yeah. But I don't think that that could like, prove it demonstrably. Um, you know, It's right. just like you said, a theory. So I don't get mad at Egyptologists if they... I mean as long as it's not just like a black ball for political reasons or things like that if they could debunk it then of course I always um... yeah but they don't but they
0: don't they don't even try to debunk it they just say no you're wrong yeah. like as, like as far as the research that I've looked into because the, the reason why it's taking me so long to read the book is because the things he says are like sparks an sparks an idea I research right. it like all right, let me look into this I mean yada 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 so they don't I looked up the stuff about Robert shock And there's just like incendiary comments of like how he's full of shit, but they don't it's they don't bring the counter argument. You mean they just say no
1: they always can't argue your point.
0: When they can't they can't argue it. It's like, no, you're full of shit and you're wrong. Like, okay, but then how am I full of shit and how am I wrong? We're fucking scientists. Like this is what we do. Everything is a theory and a hypothesis until proven or disputed. You can't you can't just say I'm wrong because you feel I'm wrong. That's not how science works. Science is the only thing not based on feeling. It's based on everything else other than feelings. Yeah. So it's interesting, man. But you got to read that book. It's a good but, uh, book. It was a fucking page turner. It's crazy. You got to read that book. It's a page turner. Well, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it.
1: Y'all yeah, look
0: into it. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, finger fingerprints of the gods, magician of the gods, and all that type of stuff. It's really cool.
1: Yeah, and every, everything I know is is pretty much self taught and, and it's because I I do that. Whenever I see something that interests me, I look at the the counter argument to see how how accurate this is. When I fell in love with capitalism, the first thing I did was I read Das Kapital and, and the Communist Manifesto from Karl Marx, so I could see the other perspective of it, you know. And I I, I I haven't even gone to college. I'm a high school graduate and I graduated barely by the skin of my teeth. Um, so yeah. right. I'm a high school dropout yeah. So to, ask, to answer your question yeah. about Why do they not talk about this in modern academia Well, academia right now is a shit show If you, if you see what's going on there With suppression of free speech and, and gender studies And all this type of stuff but They just want to shut down mm-hmm. discussion because it, it's bigoted or whatever And I think that that's yeah. what Puts the civilization into the dark ages You know if, if the, When Rome fell into the dark ages mm-hmm. I feel like right now um, The Muslims, the Arab world Is in their dark ages because of radical Islam and, and because they don't, because the Muslim world, this is something that you don't hear about. They pretty much got Western Europe and civilizations out of the Dark Ages. They invented algebra, you know, the AL and algebra yep. from the Arabic language, and they came with advanced mathematics, and then they conquered, kind of, the you know, um, with the Prophet Muhammad and the Caliphites, went through pretty much what Rome conquered. They, they were in, in um, the conquest of Spain for 800 years, you know? So... Yep. They're in their dark age now because instead of continuing that enlightenment, now they want to throw gays off of buildings and they want to behead people and, and things like that. Yeah. So they want to go to the extreme side. Yeah. So yeah. when you get into that radicalized side, so the, the reason why I bring that up is to prove to people that it's not genetics or, or it, it's when you get radicalized. So when you want to vilify Muslims, you're doing it wrong, you know, because Muslims have contributed greatly to, to modern day civilization.
0: Yeah. That's never that's, that's, that's never talked about. Right. It's never talked about their contributions or their other the things they brought to this world. There's always just they talk about this version of the Muslims that they don't like, when in reality there's 1.8 billion of them, and if they all wanted to kill us, we would have died a long time ago. They all could they all could wear uh, what was it uh suicide vest and hug somebody and that's it, that's yeah. a wrap. That's all they had. That's all they had to do if it was all of them. It's, it's crazy, man. Yeah
1: anyway ah. let me let me talk to you about tell me about this uh because i saw in your
0: last podcast that you jumped on a paleo diet yeah man i'm, I'm trying it me and so all right so how it all started is my, my wife has Crohn's right
1: Crohn's disease yeah
0: uh-huh. my wife has Crohn's disease and one of the things that the doctor told her that we started looking into is that paleo would be good because gluten really fucks her up because it inflames all her joints so stay away from gluten stay away from any uh, those kind of like any just negative carbs that like, we used to have like white potatoes and they they argue like we looked into it, like they argue that you can have sweet potatoes because they would have eaten it during that time because the whole the whole paleo thing becomes like was a paleolithic era right so you have to eat in that way which is just basically chicken and, and veggies is the way i look at it or fish so you know what i mean so we started looking at that and we just started looking at different recipes and different meals to go that way but is it hard hell yeah it's not easy like I, i've had my faults because i guess selfishly if i'm completely honest like gluten doesn't affect me in that way so i don't i don't think about it you know what i mean like i'll I'll have junk food when when i shouldn't or i'll have bread you know what i mean knowing that my wife can't eat that so i i have to be more conscientious and thoughtful of that so when i don't eat rice i'll have like cauliflower rice you know what i mean which i like which is just basically diced up cauliflower they call it fancy but it's just diced up cauliflower i mean i'll have mushrooms and stuff like that so I try to find different different uh, replacements for the or like the rice because you know being Hispanic you grow up eating rice your entire life with every meal. I mean you can have eggs with you can have rice with anything. So just trying to go that way and just trying to be overall healthier. Don't know if it's gonna work because different diets work for different people and I know that whole argument. But we're just trying to find something that works for us so she gets healthier and I also end up getting healthier because you know I got a long line of high blood pressure, high cholesterol, this just runs in my family. So I'm just trying to be more conscientious of what I put in my body.
1: That makes sense. Um, I kind of, paleo diet is another thing that I was going to debate with people about because, and it's not just paleo diets, but it's diets in general. Diets is like another religion right. where they become so dogmatic about things where, right. like I destroy the paleo diet in, in this regard. I live in South Florida, right? So if, I'm gonna mm-hmm. be on a paleo diet, quote unquote, um, true paleo diet. That means that I would have to eat cocoa plums, pond apples, saw palmettos, turtles, alligators, and snakes, yep. things like that. Right? Yep. People use this diet to justify their habits. So then they say, "Oh, I can eat all the bacon I want." But a pig is.
0: Oh, you're talking about the. i talking about
1: paleo. A pig is a domesticated yeah. animal. Domestication of yeah. animal comes after the Paleolithic era. Sweet potatoes is a cultivated um, root vegetable from Queen Anne's that is cult. It, it's been it was changed by like
0: the Inca like an yeah.
1: Indians, yeah. right? So you're going to just yeah. um, vilify wheat, vilify rather wheat, and then say that yeah. you can't eat this type of stuff. Um, I think that that's crazy, but when it becomes dogmatic, you know. So I just want to tell you right. that because that's be, that's a very
0: no. I don't. I don't. I've, I've. I refuse to. I'll never be that dude. That's like. I got, like, I'll never be like, oh, vegan is the, you know what I mean? Like, I'll never be that guy that, like, the way I do it is the way yeah. you should do it. My way is the only way. I'm never that guy, like, with anything.
1: Like, sure. that said.
0: Like, I'm just not that guy. That
1: said, though, I myself am on a paleo diet, but I'm on a very specific type of paleo diet called the autoimmune protocol paleo diet, which is for, like, your wife that suffers from Crohn's disease. Um, for people that have autoimmune diseases, mine is alopecia areata where my hair falls off in patches and things like that. And right. when I'm disciplined with it, um, I'm able to, to reverse my alopecia. I had long hair and a beard that I look like Cyrus the Great, kind of a little bit, because I look so Middle Eastern yeah. sometimes. Um, so with this diet, it's like a regular paleo diet, but you take out other foods that are um, inflammatory in the gut. Things that, like, this thing is so strict. I can't have any seeds. I can't have any nuts. Obviously, the things that are on regular, regular paleo, I can't have. And I can't have anything that's considered a nightshade, which is like uh, bell peppers, tomato, eggplants, and things like that, certain type of vegetables. I, I've been on it since May 1st. Cause I moved right now to Hollywood Beach. Um, since I moved to the beach, my wife, she's fantastic because she gets me like on this diet. She cooks for me every day. The other thing that I do is I do a lot of fasting, so it's easy for me to go a long time without eating. I've done seven days with no food, three days with no food or water, and... Um, Right. I go into what's called ketosis really fast, which is you go from a sugar-burning organism to a fat-burning one. So I don't get those headaches right. that people get or thirsty or cranky when I don't eat. So for the most part, I don't even bother with breakfast or lunch. My wife just makes me dinner. Strict onto this thing. I've lost 21 pounds since I started it about a month and a week ago. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it does have its definite benefits. But what I advise people... 'Cause I love health and fitness. That's like my talk about policy and stuff, but the thing that really perks me up is when I talk about health and fitness. Um before any of that, before you get into a person's diet, before you get into their exercise, that to me is like the back end type of thing. The number one most important thing that I believe in for somebody's health and fitness, and I'm saying health because there's a difference between losing weight and being healthy. I know we live in a society right. that's morbidly obese, so they draw parallels between the two and they make them synonymous. But the, the mm-hmm. thing that I found is the most important is your circadian rhythm. Life starts with the sun. It's the source of life. You have to be right. in line with the sun that you go to bed when the sun goes down and you wake up when the sun comes up. Because if not hormonally, you're always going to be off. Your melatonin is going to be off at the wrong time. Your cortisol is going to be off on the wrong time. So you need Cortisol gets a bad rep because it's known as the stress hormone or, or like adrenaline. But... Your melatonin is supposed to come up when it's nighttime, that you're not exposed to artificial light, so that you start to get sleepy and come down. In the morning, your cortisol rises so that way it gives you it energizes you from the day. If you're waking up in the middle, right. if you're waking up in the morning and you're dragging yourself to a cup of coffee or something like that, it's because hormonally you're all off. Then you grab a cup of coffee and that's a diuretic. So you're gonna be overthirsty and dehydrated, so your body's gonna start craving um potassium foods and things like that. Now your mind makes a mental map between where it gets certain nutrients. It will it, say to yourself, okay, um, I need potassium, so I'll eat a banana. But if you don't, if you've been eating fortified checks your whole life where it's fortified, well, then it makes that mental image you're gonna start getting these cravings for these processed carbs and things like that. So you're gonna be in a constant battle with yourself that you're fighting your hormones and the first thing you gotta do, step one, is get your circadian rhythm in line. Step two, which you don't hear people talk about, but in my, and this is again, I'm not a nutritionist, I'm not a doctor, I'm, not, I'm just expressing my opinion. Nobody take what I say serious. This right. is just to encourage people to do their own research. Step two is your microbes in your body. You know, um, in the soil of plants, because like I said, the source is the sun, then comes the plants and the vegetation in the soil there's going to be bacteria in there. I know because I garden and I farm. So the first thing I do is I create a compost. And what the compost does is it makes the soil alive with bacteria, with fungi, with with all these decomposers, because the plant needs that so that it breaks down the nutrients in the ground and then the roots can absorb it up, right? If you look at yourself as a human being, your large intestine and your small intestine is loaded with bacteria. And it's your roots of your body so to speak, whereas if you're a plant. So if your bacteria is off, when you go into that diet, the first thing that's going to happen is you'll start getting Candida die-off or E. coli die-off, which are highly processed sugar um, eaters. They love sugar. When they start to die off, and this is this is scientific literature where you can see that eating fermented food can affect your serotonin in your body or it can affect your hormones because your gut is your second brain. So when you eat these type of these type of foods, you're repopulating the bacteria. When you switch that out, you're going to get another craving, and it's the second thing that's going to set your diet up for failure because you haven't addressed the bacteria in your stomach. So you might want to start eating like fermented foods or go out into getting into gardening because then you get soil-based organisms that go into your stomach. That's another reason why when you go to other countries and you eat foods that are foreign to you, they really give you an the stomach or you don't digest them well because you don't have the bacteria that that feeds off of that type of of, of plant. Right,
0: right. Because it's different bacteria, so it's not feeding those bacteria. So it's giving you that hankering and that and that crankiness and all that want to because your body's gotten used to eating these type of this type of bacteria, these type of foods, and then when you don't get them when you're overseas, it's different. Right. I get that. So
1: the other cranky stuff is that sugar is a drug. It's the most abused drug. It's the oh, most absolutely. abused drug, and really, what you're going through is sugar withdrawal. It's no different than a, than a hangover when you go out and drink a lot, and your head is killing. You. I mean, it's a different type of headache, obviously, because uh, one is more dehydration based with alcohol, and the other is more your, your right. neurons are craving that rush of sugar. So it's a withdrawal symptom, the same thing from processed sugar as it is um fr- from alcohol, which are
0: yeah. They say they say the, the 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 break from from a sugar addiction is harder than any other addiction. Because it's so prevalent and you can get it absolutely anywhere.
1: Absolutely.
0: Like it's, oh man, I get this one candy bar won't be that, you know what I mean? You have that one like, this one candy bar won't be yeah. that bad. You know what I mean? Like you, you could be completely stuck, but the one relapse, you're fucked. Because, so I, we did, before we went to Panama a couple of years ago, we uh, we did a, 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 a low carb diet, right? Like for like three, four weeks, we stayed away from carbs. We went veggie heavy, yada, 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 yada. We lost weight. But the one, we had one cheat meal, right? Like, right after. And that threw us off. Like, because like, we didn't have a cheat meal at all. So we, we went to this place because we went to go see John Legend. And we went to a buffet. Like, they had, like, the best fried chicken in Florida or whatever. It's called Fred's. It's amazing. We went there and we just stupidly ate. Right? Like, it's, if you are completely honest with it, like, we just ate way too much. And we did it over the top because we hadn't had those sugars and those kind of treats and those kind of foods and so long. That it just kind of completely threw us off, and to be completely honest, we haven't really gotten back on the horse since. <laughs> like we'll eat, a, we'll eat a little bit better, you know what I mean. We'll be a little bit more conscious, but it doesn't take much for us to be like, ah, fuck it, you know what I mean, to make that little curve. Like ah, it's not, it won't be that bad, you know what I mean. But now, with my with my wife getting older and you know us wanting to have kids, like we have to be more conscious than what we're putting into our bodies, and also with her Crohn's, man, like that's again, i I'm, I'm ignorant in that sense, and I've told her. Like because it doesn't affect me, like I empathize and I know what it does to her, but because it doesn't Im- immediately affect me, I, I forget and I have a lapse. So I'll buy fast food when I should, you know what I mean? Instead of saying no and being strong, just because it's it's difficult, you know what I mean? Because I don't think of it. And because sugar and these carbs and these processed foods have been an addiction and prevalent in my life for so long, it's hard for me to be like, nah, I, don't, I shouldn't do that i mean so like today i'm not even going i'm not i'm honestly not even leaving the house because i got all the food here i already cooked my food i already cooked my meal so i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm keep it at the house but because if i know if i go out for whatever reason like if i go to public so like ah oh, they got kids. you know what i mean like i'm gonna be a fat boy for life like it's just what it is like even it, no matter how much I accident like that those wants are always going to be there That's what you got but to stop. i just have to be stronger than those wants
1: Stop, I'm a Stop be- it right there. Yeah, you got to kind shock your nervous system because this is what happens to you. Yeah. you. We human beings, we think that we're this beautiful, rational, free will being and things like that where, where our mind is always. <laughs> what you become is you set neurological patterns for yourself in your brain where it's faster that way for it to connect, um, communicate with your parasympathetic um, nervous system. And what I mean by that is that when you say things to yourself like, I'm a fat boy for life. It reinforces the behavior that you don't want. You know, whenever something right. happens that you have to, it's going to cause cognitive um, dissonance. Cognitive dissonance, I'm sorry. It's going to make you always err on the side of what you've always done. So, what I mean by that is that you want a cookie and you say to yourself, well, oh, I want the cookie, but I'm on the diet. I shouldn't get it. And then, what's going to be the next thing that comes in your mind? I'm a fat boy for life. You know? So what you have to do is reprogram your neurological pathways, and you say, I hate sweets, I hate sweets, and you start saying, I hate sweets, I hate sweets, I hate sweets, and it becomes repetition in your mind, and it becomes a learned behavior, and then when you go to that, you're going to mm-hmm. say, you're, what is going to err on the side of, oh, should I want the cookie? Then all of a sudden, it is, you're going to notice that there's a change that goes on in you. It's not going to be about the taste and the flavor of the cookie anymore. It's going to be about the social aspect. Man, I want to bond with people. People are having a cookie. Now it's a different conversation that's going on in your mind because you created this thing where I right. hate the cookie. I, I, I feel. I mean, I wasn't diagnosed, but I feel like I was an alcoholic. Um, I've been sober now for three years. I don't have a single beer. I used to right. get the world's worst panic attacks. Um, I talked to your cousin JP about this. Um, I used to get all type of anxiety disorders. I would get depression where sometimes I don't want to go get out of bed. You felt like you go through hell. You know, you start to hate yourself. You start to relive things that you've done in in your past. And you say, how could I have been so stupid to do this? How could I have wasted so many years or whatever? And the way that I've been strong and and not even be tempted by alcohol is because I would wake up every morning and I would say, let me think of my last hangover. Let me think of how bad I felt of the anxiety. Let me internalize that and say, I hate alcohol. I hate alcohol. I hate alcohol. I hate alcohol. And then when people would offer me a drink instead of my mind. Going to the, holy shit, we're going to get lit tonight. It's going to be fire. We're going to go meet some yeah. beautiful women. We're going to go party down in South Beach. It changed to, oh, my God, no, I don't want to feel like that in the morning. You know? That's how you,
0: right. you gotta retrain that's how you train that.
1: yourself. And I think you should focus on that because when you say, I'm a fat boy for life, you're, you're being prophetic.
0: You're giving yourself, you're giving yourself
1: excuse. an excuse. Exactly.
0: Yeah. That's, yeah, that's I'm gonna give, give you that some is, more ammunition
1: because I know that sometimes, especially us men, and I hope that the they don't call me a misogynist or anything like this because of this cause I'm stereotyping. But us men, we tend to be very um, self-sacrificing sometimes, but really protective of our loved ones. So when things will affect you, you'll be like, eh, whatever, you know. I get diabetes, eh? Huh? Right. Fuck it. Everybody's got die But then when you say right. your wife, it's a whole different motivation. So. A- so your wife's issues. thing, when you have Crohn's disease, your body cannot process wheat, and it causes inflammation inside of the gut, and it creates what's known as gut permeability. Your intestines have to stay lodged together so that things do not go into your bloodstream, right? When when she starts mm. to – if she continues off of her diet, when she starts to digest things, it will permeate through her gut, and, and then her body builds antibodies. For the protein source that we'll came in it. that is how autoimmune diseases start and if you get one autoimmune disease you're more than likely to get a lot more Crohn's disease is an autoimmune disease is that she sees wheat as a foreign protein yeah. so her body attacks it and the and everything that's come into contact with it is like an innocent bystander so if she starts to increase gut permeability then her immune system could begin to uh, attack her thyroid and she get Hashimoto's disease or it could attack her brain and she gets MS or one of these type of things so when you say to yourself, I'm a mm-hmm. fat boy or whatever, you got to say to yourself, my wife needs me. Because if I continue, if, if, if we're on this pattern, it's going to be to the point where she could develop more um, autoimmune disease and then her health could really decline quickly. You know, because Crohn's disease is a really is a yeah. really bad one. When I have alopecia areata, it's like a very small um, autoimmune disease that is basically cosmetic. My immune system thinks my hair is an invader, so it'll attack it and it'll fall off in patches. Right. But... The rest of me is is pretty much in line, and luckily that's the only autoimmune disease that I have, with the exception of asthma. But on a side note, since I've been on this diet, I haven't had asthma not once. Yeah, and that's I've crazy,
0: been, right? That's, I've that's, been okay. rained
1: on jogging in the beach. Good. I've been rained on. I go in the air conditioner. That to me used to be instant asthma. Uh, that's gone away. You know. Yeah. So think about that when you're making your like fat boy choices. <laughs>
0: Bad decision. my yeah. fat boy choices. Yeah, man. That's that's. That's 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 a good way to end it right there. Don't make fat boy choices when there's other people. Thanks for listening to the Man Chatter Podcast. With your host as always, Ben Borges. Till next time,
1: peace.